Hello everyone. I'm glad to be here on this really beautiful pre-fall afternoon. And where I'm living right now, the leaves are beginning to turn and early morning weather is getting just a bit crispy. Just right for watching uh, the sunrise and drinking your coffee and just being quiet. Watching life happen right in front of your eyes. You've got the one and the only non-arrogant, I said non-arrogant, Catfish Kenny. Here to thank you all for your support. And I love you all. Thank you for everyone. And uh, Ireland, in Germany, Canada, Asia, United States, anywhere else that this has been uh, broadcast from, come beside something beside you uh, that's different tonight. That is so right. First, uh, let me tell you, and I'll be through with it. The people who bring this uh, episode to you is by Dr. Wayne Cobb Jr. And Grant Fowler and their staff over at Hamilton Vision at Eye Care Center in Hamilton, Alabama. That's the county seat of Marion, which is uh, going west. You're about two and a half, two hours from there, down I-22. They have eye care for the entire family. For appointments, I'm just laying this out there. It's one two zero five nine two one. 5499. My friends, Logan Logan Auto Sales has on hand the most beautiful, clean, and dependable cars and trucks you'll ever look at. They love their product, they love their calling instead of a job. And if you want to if you want to call, you can do that too and ask about any of their cars and trucks. When I'm trying to find the number, it's uh, 205-952-9110. They have finance plans for just about every budget. You can't beat it, can you? I was amazed. By our friends down at Panama City, the Treasure Box by C&M. That's at 1711 Thomas Drive. Panama City, Florida, where the weather is always warm. They have just about everything on hand you'd like to see by, but not for a fortune. They got beautiful antiques and wicker furniture. I have to be honest with you, I don't know what beach furniture is. I know that they have a lot of beach collectibles, figurines that local people have made and people like to uh, buy these things too there's a room for men uh, women children with items that I'm sure you'll be pleased with so we'll give Michelle, Chris and Drew uh, a call the first time you hear this and they'll be glad to talk to you 1-850-249-1388 
right, I was gonna, um, let me get, get all right here real quick. Anyway, there comes, you know, I've uh, been on podcast for a while, and I've learned that what works and what don't. I want an honest, down-to-earth podcast without any, I don't want, I've never had any hidden tricks, smoking mirrors, dog and pony, pony, dog and pony shows, um, no, uh, what's on, what's behind door number three, I've, uh, recorded and gave you, um, controversial questions and things that I hope you won't enjoy, but what I'm truly looking for is when I see the number of plays with my realistic look at my life, I want to see at least a hundred people who listen to this podcast, and I'm trying my best to get everything situated. So I may start trying to do one a day and maybe do it in the serial part, you know. I'm not saying I'm I'm worthy of this uh, documented story. It's not a story, it's really a, in serial form. But it's all true. I'm, none of it's exaggerated because I wrote it. That sounds like being arrogant, but I'm sorry. Um... I'm not sure everyone will really like this. Matter of fact, I hope you do. hope you're interested. But I came from the old school. I didn't build it, but I went to it. I was born in the chilly month of November, 1953. And uh, rock and roll was still in its in infancy infancy just crawling not toddling oh yeah we had the uh, the start had the roots little Richard whom I always adore Elvis Presley the Everly Brothers and more but uh, Bill Bill Haley yep Buddy Holly on and on, but you see that didn't really take any traction until about 56, 79 years there. But anyway, I had a sister who was born 13 years before me, and my mom and my dad. We didn't know what nuclear family meant. If uh, you ever went through my part of Alabama, Northwest Alabama, you'll see it's very progressive. But back in my time, when I was a kid, my family and I lived, and I'm not kidding, the term in the sticks, that's right. There was this uh, house, it was out in the woods, but it had one road, a gravel road, it was a farmhouse. My dad, he uh, bought, he sold cotton in the, he planted cotton on the place we was at. And uh, my mom, she was in the 50s, the prototype homemaker. I'm not saying she was weakly. She didn't beg for anything. 
She knew what hard work meant. She always had time for us. And you know, now I look back on it. Of all the family, she worked the hardest, longest, was most patient. And I hope one day when I leave this world to meet her, we'll talk about a lot of things. We will my daddy, my sister, my wife, and grandkids, my daughter. That's right. And you know, I, I would say something right here, but I don't want you to misunderstand it. I can't tell you that daddy was a sharecropper. Truth be known, a sharecropper was a man, a woman, his family, who would hire themselves out for these farms that were successful, and he would, uh, or they, would sow the crop. The crop is, you know, corn, cotton. There was no soybeans in those times. And they would plant, harvest, and take the produce like the cotton and corn uh, to a place that was in Hamilton. So our, our cotton wasn't that much. I don't even know if Daddy paid rent. He did. It was like five or six, ten dollars a month, all frame. And when it came winter time, you know, the wind would whistle through the you know windows. I don't think the old place had any insulation. I know I'm not going to throw that line on you that when I grew up I had to go 10 miles to school, 10 miles back and all of it snow and uphill. No. I didn't know it but years later, now this is the part of ignorance is bliss. My sister confided in me years later about that's before she died that I almost starved to death because we didn't have any food. Plain and simple. The jobs dried up around there in Hamilton, Alabama, and only, I'm being truthful, only political powers could hire on get people, the big plants hired. My dad wasn't one of them. Anyway, my daddy did work for a while with, we call it the county, on the beach, big a company called the Bridge Construction, building uh, bridges that were out of out of repair on the rural roads around Hamilton. Most of them were gravel. If you was ever driving on a, an asphalt road, you had something. I'm not trying to paint you a picture of poverty, but just close to it, enough to know you know you're poor when even the remainder of your bacon, the little skins, meat skins they called it. You like to eat them and save them. Anyway, when daddy was at work, mom was in the house cooking, sewing, sweeping. Well, see my sister married at 15 years old, left me at home. And she married a pretty good guy. He got along with me. He took time with me. He played. This is amazing. He took with his own hands and made some two uh, toys out of wood. Made a little truck, a tractor, and some equipment. And I played with them and took care of them. 
happened. I think when we moved, I don't know why it happened to them. There's a lot of things in my life that become missing. Anyway, we left this place on back into uh, northwest Alabama. This lady, this widow woman, whose uh, husband was very, very prosperous and that he had many, many acres of corn and cotton. She wanted my dad and me and my mother to live in the, they call it the, uh, not bunk house, it was a nice house that used to, her and her husband lived and she had uh, two sons, one daughter. And then as they grew up, they built a bigger house. So there it was. Dad would get up about six, get out there to her house. She'd have a schedule like, plant this today, plant something tomorrow. It didn't take long to, he had her work done, but there was always something to do. Sometimes he would go out and then you called it, the equipment was called a scratcher. She had a tractor, good looking poor tractor. And you'd hook that up. It's called a, you keep the ground loose around your corn and cotton. Otherwise, it will, if it don't rain a little, the ground will be so hard it'll ruin your cotton and corn. But then when God is merciful, he sent the good rain just in time. And Daddy, I don't know how many, she, he took, let me drive with him. And then it's 1954, always oh, a beautiful old truck. It had side planks in the back, and it, its transmission would sing as we rolled down the road. Went to the place called Cotton Gin. There were two in Hamilton. Years later, um, or years before, Daddy worked for one of the big gins. I think he got tired of working for someone else. Decided to go out in public, work for them, himself. So in 1960, um, the sharecropping ended because he had to go to work for the public because their money was going away thanks to the federal government, they wouldn't really subsidize in small farms anymore. Just a huge, commercially typed, sized crops. I've never understood their logic, the federal government. But anyway, in 1961, I started school. I did, I know what you're thinking. Did you not have to go at six? I supposed to, but you see the way my birthday worked out, I'd have to went about two or three months then stop and go back. So I started in 1961. You will not believe this place. A two-room schoolhouse, wooden. Had two rooms, I said. And it was uh, owned, it was operated by Mr. and Mrs. Uh, uh, Mr. Ms. Ballard and uh, he was the principal she was uh, the vice principal I'm sure they both taught and that was it no more teachers no more staff she taught first, second, third and he taught uh, 
His name was LJ. And hers is named Gertrude. He taught fourth, fifth, and sixth. And when uh, the, got through the third grade, the next sir, uh, the next term, he went back over to his room. And this is like you'd find in Norman Rockwell. We had to pledge allegiance to the flag each morning. We stood with our hands on our heart, and I'm not ashamed of that. Learned how to write with those huge pencils. You remember the nifty paper? The tablets, they called it. Well, I remember these Alice and Jerry books with Jip, little Sally. And this is the way it would go. Look, Jerry. Look at Jip. See Jip run. Jerry will run. And this was boring to your mind every day. Till you wanted to see Jip and Jerry and Alice and looking for them. Not to be found, but we love those books. A friend of mine's got a collection of them. She wouldn't part with them for anything. But if she was to turn them on right now, if she would turn them over on eBay, talk about the money rolling in. But anyway, she was one of my friends from the new home. I was blessed with a lot of friends there. And I wasn't uncomfortable that I would have been with the city people. I don't know how I knew that. I never went to a city school. But the people there was just like I was dirt poor, but proud to be alive, happy. And um, we'd, play, we'd go to school. We had a recess at 10 o'clock, lasted 15 minutes. We'd go back and do more work to lunch, and it was about an hour and a half. I, I'm kidding you not. And uh, just as long as we could eat our lunch in a hurry, we hit the playground for a game of softball. And if uh, by 1.30, no one was fighting or arguing, the ballers would sit down and let us spend the rest of the afternoon until a bus came there, or two buses. And I remember the bus I was on, and Mr. Lingen Cox, he was a bus driver, and I mean, he had a, he made a way, a friendly way about him. No wonder the kids liked him. Anyway, all these people are mostly scattered here and there. A good friend of mine, Russell Lynch, he graduated from the Hamilton, Merritt County school system. And uh, he and his wife both are retired. And I don't know where they, I've not talked to him in a long time. But um, in this, this time we moved, and I didn't get to go to uh, 4th, 5th, and 6th. We moved back into the city limits of Hamilton, into another house. And at this time, my mom went to work at a place called Detroit, Alabama. And at this time, the textile corporations owned the South. So did my mother and a bunch of her their friends would ride with people, paid for gas, sold till they couldn't sell anymore. And if you made production, you had good pay. So anyway, um, she worked till I got through high school and she quit. She sat, kept me in clothes 
and uh, maybe we asked him what was my dad doing. He was still trying to do some farming, but the place we was at, there wasn't enough land. So he'd done what he could to make money. He'd haul lumber, little blocks, and people used a lot of wood stoves and heaters in those days. And he would sell these to people, brought in some good money. But, you know, sooner or later, he went to work for a place in Winfield, Alabama, in the same county, for a continental conveyor and equipment. He worked there until a place in Hamilton uh, started getting called Federal Mogul. I'm now to 74. But anyway, back to, I'll go back to myself. Not that I'm worth it. No. I wish this would go on about, about my dad, mom, sister. But in the fourth grade, we was called from rooms with teachers chose. You write your name on paper and they choose names out of somebody's hat. Which I never understood that. But it was a culture shock between us, the, the rural children that had been thrown into the city school system. See, the LJ and Gertrude Ballard didn't think to set us down before they shut the school down where we were going and what we were going to face. It was torment, let me tell you. We couldn't have it the way we dressed. It kept our nakedness covered. But you see, our class in the city was made up of children's, uh, the the higher up, the merchant's kids, the mayor's kids, the, the educational board, they own and run the school. The teacher hardly ever corrected them for anything. If they did, their dad had complained, and his, their dad was probably on some powerful board. The teacher would be fired. That's politics. Thank God we endured fourth, fifth, and I'm telling you, I remember Miss Bowling in the fourth. She became Miss Simmons after we had two semesters. Went to a piece, and we go to a for Miss Hanley in the fifth. She was a nice lady. She did good, and we um, in sixth grade was the end of our our grade system. They called it. And then uh, I'll tell you later on about my second true love when I was 12. But it was 1966. And then when we hit junior high school in uh, the summer, the rest of the summer in uh, May, next May, rock and roll was still, I mean, on the curb. In 67, I'll tell you about that. And then a few more things. I'm going to go, and I'm going to collect, hopefully, the rest of this stuff, and hopefully you will like it.